Hi, everybody. This is Nick from the St. Paul Filmcast. And I want to talk to you about a book that's available to pre-order. It's from a previous guest of the show and a good friend of the show, Dennis Vogan. Dennis is an acclaimed writer for many years, releasing novelas like Thea, Flipped, and Them, and creating comic books like uh, The Brush Fire and my personal fave, The Weirdos. Here he collects blogs, posts, essays, loose change from nearly half a decade. They cover ex- spectrum of topics from comic books to sobriety from outer space to his dog pop culture spirituality nostalgia the multiverse and from joy to grief and everything in between you'll find that dennis vogan is a lot of things and for better or for worse and he has a lot to say check out the book it's called time is a solid state time is a solid state available on amazon or on his website dennisvogan.com check it out today all right, we're back, and we're with Zach Hamill, and he knows his dedication. What would you like to dedicate the episode to? Uh, I would like to dedicate the episode to my wife, Kia. Is she a writer, too? She is not, but um, she has been so influential on, on my art and yeah. the, uh, the, the way that she's enriched my life has um, just made the art better how long have you been married uh it'll be 15 years in september there you go yeah nice nice you're at the age where you're probably sharing razors right (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, i don't know about that (laughs) (laughs) all right all right we'll start the show All right, we're back on the St. Paul Filmcast. I'm Nick. Uh, before I get to uh, our guest today, Zach, I just want to let you know I'm on YouTube, Kyle and Nick on Film. We critique two movies a week. Uh, right now for summer, we're going to cover uh, the disaster films of the 70s, the great summer disaster movies. So look for that in the future. Um, check out also the Patreon for the option for their YouTube channel, Kyle and Nick on Film. We'll put the link down below. We'd like to hear from you. Um, we'd like to hear. And if you join the Patreon, you can become a member and get to tell us what to do. So... Um, also, you get to see what it looked like as well. Uh, today, we have Zach Hamill. How you doing, Zach? <laughs> I'm well. How are you, Nick? Good, good. Uh, you've done, I think, pretty much everything you could do on movie. Written, directed, acted, mm-hmm. camera, lighting. Mm-hmm. Yep. Makeup? Um, I have not done makeup. Okay. All right. <laughs> um, so pretty much everything all. But with a name like Zach, he should be like a private detective or something. <laughs> Zach Hamill. I feel like a private detective sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, especially when you're assembling a crew, you kind of do yeah. the research, like who you're from and get yeah. references and all that stuff. Yeah, and, definitely. You know, it's yeah. funny you mentioned that because, um, uh, so we, uh, I'm from Minnesota originally, but we lived in LA for 11 years and yeah. just moved back. And as we were preparing to move back, I've been kind of, and it's been like a couple years in the in the making of the decision. Um, but I love that then, Minnesotans are like, we're going to do it, and then let's think about it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's a like long for goodbye. things to align a little bit. Yeah. yeah the long goodbye. Exactly. Yeah, okay. yeah speaking of private detectives. <laughs> um, <laughs> Good catch. I didn't yeah. get that right. Yeah. yeah. I was just talking about the long goodbye today, uh, the, the score for that, how, how that song pops up like. 
Yeah, Chandler, Raymond times. Chandler, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He had like some office job, and he told his wife one day, "That's it. I'm leaving you. My job. I'm going to be a writer." And it worked out for him. Yeah. That's great. That's great. Um, but but um, yeah, it was slowly collecting kind of like um, some Facebook friends and kind of um, I'd, I'd known a few people in the Minneapolis film community before we moved to L.A. And uh, those are relationships that I really wanted to start to develop and maintain. And, and then listening to your podcast as well, feeling well, like you. I could get to know certain people in a different way. And uh, and uh, and then actually getting to meet them at Z Fest this weekend was Awesome. I have to yeah. admit, I was a little starstruck. <laughs> it, it's a really, yeah, because we had just had Z Fest here in the Twin mm-hmm. Cities, and we I submitted my film and a lot of other people, and there was about, well, it's a little bit less. Usually you get about 80 films for Z Fest, and I think for COVID it was a little it cut in half. We had about 40 of them. Yeah, I wondered if that was, would I be think the case. Was, well, they, the constrictions, I, even I had a, here with COVID constrictions, you had, couldn't have had no more than 10 on a crew. Mm. So, and we had to constantly, I made sure everybody before the crew met, you had to test negative. And then after mm. we're done filming, I want to make sure you go, go get your test to make sure that, yeah, even after the experience, you're still negative. But yeah, yeah. Yeah. ZVest was a lot of fun. You yeah. don't know what you're going to get sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was my first one. And, um, I think, uh, I really, I, I, I felt that, uh, there was a lot to like about everything. Uh, and some of the films were truly great, I think. Um, it's hard and to, it's, getting yeah. to meet people when you compress it part. for. I, I don't mean to interrupt. But oh, that's, a, that's when fine. you compress it for seven minutes. There's a lot you have to cram. Yeah, and if, especially if you're doing a lot of world building. Yeah, and to make yeah. it seem like that's not what you're doing, that's the tricky part. It's like I'm laying pipe here, and <laughs> how can I how can I do this in a way that feels organic and not exposition every right line, right yeah. right how you doing brother good brother yes oh, <laughs> let's talk to dad you yeah. and me have been brothers for a long time <laughs> <laughs> like nobody talks like that nobody i, I, I don't yeah i um you i don't always even say do... people's names usually yes, in conversation Jim. yeah well, i even do it in, i did in my my movie well my movie was with the play with the letter c so yeah i, I wanted to do yeah. c plus c so that's like was yeah. Corey and Claire, and I, yeah, I do I like the that. name Corey for a for a guy because there's a little bit of you can play with, and the guy named Corey can be masculine and mm-hmm. a little bit feminine at the same mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. And Claire almost has a respectability to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so anytime he said like Claire, it's almost like a close to class elegance. Yeah, that he always assumes. Yeah, yeah, I love it when people put thought into the names like that. And and now that you've said that, watching that film, it's like yeah, I like that. The other the other character there. in my film was Walker, and that's because my one of my favorite movies is Point Blank with Lee Marvin, and that's his mm. name in the movie, and he's out for revenge. Okay. In the entire movie, and, his, and then we, we don't know if it's as his first name or last name. It's just Walker. Mm. Yeah. And he in the if you've ever seen Point Blank, I love it because it's noir with French wave. It's a mixture. Late '68 noir French wave with John Borman. Oh, okay. I have and, to check that one out. And it's very surreal. There's a lot of gaps to the scenes. Like, he escapes, he survives the turmoil, he's out for wrench. But we don't really know a lot of the details. We just kind of the slice is kind of like a memory. Hmm. But Sounds yeah. cool. He goes yeah. after, he knows his wife is part of it. And he goes right after her first thing and he thinks she's still asleep in a bed. He pulls the covers and he's so enraged that he pretty much murders the bed with a gun before oh he realizes she's not in there. Just bang, bang, bang. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> But that's okay. the only reason why I use Walker, because that's one of my, as a character for my film, is just a mm. reference of Lee Marvin in that movie. So, yeah. yeah. That's do awesome. You, when you write, do you do names first, or? Um, e- it depends. I mean, I think often I'll come up with a, I'll have a title first, um, but the names come pretty early, and uh, 
there was something I I learned, and I I can't remember exactly where I learned it from. Uh, Might have been a screenwriting book, but um, the first one of the first things I do is I'll take I'll just write the alphabet down the page and just make sure that I don't repeat any letters. Just to make it right. m- more of a user-friendly script, um, diversify. Yeah, so you so you don't have like, you know, Ricky, Robert, and Richard, and they're all talking to each other, and you have to and keep they're all sense. Six foot one, and right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, that's one of the first things I do is I, I is I first try to, you know, come up with different names, and then I I try to think of like I do a lot of research into sort of like the meanings of names, and um, I like to. I like yeah. to kind of, you know, like a name I think can give you like a shorthand sense of like what type of person this might be. Yeah. And then sometimes that's not appropriate at all. You know, like if if you're like, like, let's say you have a, and this isn't even my genre, but <laughs> an idea I thought of is like, what if this is awesome vampire hunter and his name is, you know, steak or something right yeah. or, or ash or like a wood yeah. or like pine or cedar yeah, yeah. Or, or or something even simpler like his name is dan johnson he's like he didn't know he was going to be a vampire hunter when he was a baby <laughs> Dan. <laughs> right and i always play that with the last names i don't want them too familiar right yeah you kind yeah. of work in last names uh, yeah. yeah my comic book it just came right away with mm. my protagonist that was going to go through the entire crucible and it was his name was but Schultz mm. and that just right from there it was the glue that cemented everything and, yeah and with yeah. that name you just get it as something like yeah noir antagonist that just because yep. I wanted one syllable first and last name mm-hmm. I think it was a little Germanic yeah background but you know that guy is just not there doing math problems He's, right <laughs> yeah yeah the last names are important too I mean really important I um I will sometimes like think about streets that I lived on or drove by and like I, I like to use street names that yeah. or names that's like that couldn't possibly be a name but it is now <laughs> and I'll I'll even look it up like okay is this a name is th- can I can this pass muster in this world and yeah. yeah um yeah I like to do that I think one of the best name developments was on the waterfront with Marlon Brando his mm. name was Terry Mm. And Terry is a boy and a girl's name. It can be used. It, and he was actually this movie. And if you ever researched, Marlon wanted to be this role to be a feminine and masculine at the same time. He thought he mm. could capture both. It, it, we call it gender fluid now. Yeah, yeah. But he wanted to meld, and that thought he would be play both of the genders in this mm. movie because he's playing both sides, the yeah. bad guys and the good guys. Yeah. He wanted this duality presented. I yeah. think he does it very convincing there are some times yeah. where he's very he's very feminine yeah as terry and there's a lot of times where he's very masculine with the boxer mm-hmm. and stuff like that yeah but he, when he researched he goes i didn't do what i wanted to do hmm. but i don't think that maybe the time you couldn't really do what he wanted to do maybe you, there wasn't a language for it yet or you know like if you were right. developing it but i yeah i i uh actually just watched that movie for the first time pretty recently really yeah and it's one um, of my favorites and this yeah i could definitely see that especially in the scenes with eva marie saint if i'm saying that right and you are. uh um and his, first movie? his brother um rod steiger rod steiger that's yeah. right yeah who yeah. has a little more weight to him yeah, yeah yeah like he you know there's the brother relationship so you can be a little softer around your brother but then you know you're around lee cobb you yeah you always little... you look at the bad guys they yeah. all have a little bit weight to them yeah. they're more gravity centered and a yeah. lot of the good guys have a little more thin a little mm-hmm. more they can navigate around they're a little more light yeah yeah a little more whimsical. and it's a great visual mm-hmm. yeah my favorite scene is that park scene where he takes she drops her glove mm-hmm. and yeah. he picks up and just kind of 
frolicles of it. Mm-hmm. And it's a great way because Marlon realized that scene. Why is she not leave? She could leave at any time. Right. I'm just giving all this story. She could just leave. And he thought about a way of, I hold on to this thing that she has to stay illicit to this crap. <laughs> right. <laughs> and he just yeah. toys yeah. with it and leaves it. Mm-hmm. And then he gives it back to her. And then that's yeah. the end of the scene. But that's a great play that, right. He's right. Why would you stay and listen? Yeah. Oh, man. That's great. That's clever. I didn't catch that. But that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I think, you know, if, if uh, you know, there are things that you need to do for the story, but that's why you you write it in such a way that it, it feels specific enough that an actor can dive into it. And, mm-hmm. and then they can, you know, they have to come up with the logic of like, okay, why is she going to stay and listen to this? Yeah. And like, oh, well, you just got to f- find a reason. And, and I think I think that makes it just a lot of fun to watch you know and if, if you pick up those things great and if you don't great you motivation know, it's still a good hard. scene yeah. yeah motivation is hard yeah i think uh, even if you have not really divulged it mm-hmm. yeah the character has some kind of a motivation to it yeah i uh, usually when i write i i don't really want a clear bad guy mm. i don't know maybe because i'm surrounded by comic books all the time that there's a very Hard division between good and bad, but I like yeah. to meld that play. Yeah, and I think I did that with my last one, my last movie with Cycle. I don't mm-hmm. know who's the bad guy, and I don't care. I think yeah. all of them are good. I yeah. think all of them are bad, and I use that in my comic book too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's that's hard. Yeah, because you really want to feel bad for them, but you know they're bad, right? But that's a, I think that's a, it's a, that's a challenge that I really like to go to. Yeah, yeah, it definitely can be. I think. Um, that's that makes it so much fun though. Uh just the the cliche, the shades of gray, you know. Right. Um yeah, it just makes for a lot more of a of an interesting experience as a writer and because, you know, that character, that villain is somebody's son, is somebody's dad maybe or mom, you know, just yeah. whatever. Like there's there's this whole life that's got to be brought into it if it's going to be any good, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you write? You, we talked about it before, uh, during prep and yesterday. You yeah. can pretty much write at any time during the day. Um, I have to. I have two kids, <laughs> so I yeah, I kind of have to steal time uh, here and there. But yeah, most of the time it's uh, you know when I was when I was younger and before kids, I tried to do it like early in the morning. Um, I feel like I'm the freshest early in the morning, um, but uh, lately it's been a lot of notes on my phone and just kind of making increment incremental progress on yeah. a number of projects. Um, I do have a screenplay that I, that I've been working on for the past year that I, I guess I got the idea for it about a year ago and it's kind of been stewing. Um, but now I feel like I'm ready to just like start typing. Right. Um, yeah. I think it, people think that writing, you just sit down and punch it out. Mm-hmm. That's the big miss. Only you just sit down and, you punch it out, but no, it's probably been stewing in your brain for a couple mm-hmm. months before. Like, all right, now we can flush out the details. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. um, yeah. My first time, I just let it flow out what I wanted, so mm. I just took a legal pad. Yeah, and just start writing what I wanted into the story before I wrote dialogue, before mm-hmm. I, you know, scene and actor interior. I just yeah. float it out first, pour it out first, and then yep. kind of clean up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't do outlines. God, I wish I would should. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, um, do you do outlines too? Um, it depends. I think every every project has uh, been a little bit different for this latest script. Um, so during the pandemic, I got a subscription to Masterclass, and 
my favorite masterclass that I've taken so far was Spike Lee's masterclass. Oh, yeah. And he had um, his method of writing is really fascinating. Notepad, with, right? Um, he does it longhand, but he what he does is he um, he he has this giant box that's full of index cards, and it's like a scene, a line, whatever, and then he puts them in order. And I've heard the index card thing before, you know, or putting them up on the wall or whatever. He just keeps them in the bin and he draws them out one at a time. And then he writes that scene and then he draws out the next one and he writes that scene. And I was for some reason that was like really revelatory, at least when I was starting the process. Um, So this one, uh, the one I'm writing right now is is uh, it's already based on something. And I'm kind of taking like the first half of what it's based on and then I'm going somewhere else with it. Um, But uh, so using the Spike Lee sort of method that I learned there. And then this fall, I wrote about 90 pages of it. And it was just like it was like me kind of discovering who the characters were um, in through through action and dialogue and. Uh, that was really helpful. Um, it, there's a lot of it that I probably that I probably won't end up using, but um, it really helped to kind of cement who some of yeah. these characters are. And and I think as a writer, you have to get comfortable with the idea of just like cutting. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's yeah, you yeah, have you, to say like, there's more where that came from. I know. You know, if yeah. I was able to write 90 pages and you know, I don't remember like probably like a week or something, uh, just longhand. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just try to find different ways that just to keep the work going and and it's you know i'm not great at it but you know i try it's it's hard to and i'll ask you um how do you really know when a scene is done oh man because you can just continue and continue with the you know yeah i mean and then you don't want to be too clever with it like uh you know a line and then we cut or right or something yeah well, I think um, I I tend to look at it as uh, because I also want to like direct the things that I write. So um, I have to be careful and sort of remembering like this won't be like the final version of this, you know, on the page. Um, but I want to I want to get the building blocks just right. Right. Yeah. Um, at least the foundation. I've heard yeah. that before. Just yeah, exactly. The- it's like you, you gotta you gotta build the house before you start decorating it. And uh, and I, yeah. I I'm guilty of decorating before I got anything. Me too. Yeah, yeah. I think we all are. Oh, that's it's, best. We can do that. Yeah. It's fun. It makes it fun. <laughs> it's like oh, you can't hang that picture on the wall. There's no wall. <laughs> so you know, we were talking about. Uh, usually you have a character names. You start with names. You already mm-hmm. have a title. Do you have an ending, or do you want to work towards that? Um, I. I tend to work towards the ending. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't often have a, I I mean, I have kind of an idea of where I want to go, but as far as like final moments or a last scene or something, um, I don't really have too much of a clear idea, even in the script I'm doing right now. Yeah. I I mean, like like there's some people who love to outline it to, to the letter. And for me, it's like, ah, I kind of just want to know where the points on the map are and then kind of discover what there is to discover on the way there. Um, I want to get there because yeah. of my, my comic book and the movie, I had the ending in mind. Oh yeah. That's good. <laughs> but I want, yeah, let's, let's try to have where we're going to go with this. Yeah. And they yeah. have some kind of where to go, but mm-hmm. I always think about endings. When, yeah. Cause I don't want, you know, I want a strong ending. I think right. everybody really wants the strong ending. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. There's the, there's, um, 
yeah, it's sort of accepted in sort of independent film or you just be kind of like vague at the end, which sometimes works, but it doesn't work every time. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like it's, it's like, it doesn't, you know, as long as it's satisfying and you know, you've, yep. you've set up a promise of a certain type of entertainment, you know? Hey, yeah. Empire Strikes Back has one of the worst endings and that's a great movie. <laughs> really? You're going to cut with that? Really? Right. Just look out the window and that's it? <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. I remember sitting in theaters watching The Two Towers, you know, and the same thing. People are like, ugh, you know. Really? That's it? That's the end? That's it. Yeah. It's like, uh, you know that there's another one of these coming out next year. Oh, never mind. <laughs> so, yeah. I, 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 now what I would like to say is I like you can follow a discipline with writing. Hmm. Um, some people think you have to have an excellent beginning two pages that really gets you excited or something that just really wants you to just slow into it. Um, but I think you want to find your style first, how it works, what works for you. Yeah. I mean, yeah. people are going to pour a bunch of advice to you, what, what you should do, what you not to do, but mm-hmm. find what your style to do. I mean, Tarantino breaks all the rules and he still gets to, I mean, <laughs> dialogue that goes nowhere from hours on end. Yeah. And then, yeah. yeah. We can't get away with it, but he does. Yeah. 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 It's true. Um, so just yeah, yeah, just kind of find your. I think just find your style first, hmm. and I think you'll find it all in, all in place. Yeah, yeah. I think. Um, what the hell? They're gonna. That's what the first thing they're gonna critique first. Right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I mean, when we're when we're all starting, I think we're starting with the, you know, with the things that we like, the things that influenced us, the yeah, the things that you know speak to us in some way, and then you just gotta find a way to to make it yours and to. You know, I think having having like a really strong knowledge of, of in my case, movies and in your case, movies and comics, just uh, kind of having a very strong sense of what's doing what's been done before. And, you know, um, yeah, I mean, that can take time. It can take time. I've been I've been writing for uh, I think my first screenplay. I was like 11 before I even knew what a screenplay looked like. And that was like totally derivative of like. Indiana Jones and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Dick Tracy and just like all these things that I liked. And I'm like, yeah, but um, it's like I don't write anything like that now. But it was just like informing, you know, just the the practice of doing it and and the practice of enjoying it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It does take time. Uh, So we established it. You could probably watch have to write at certain times is dictated do you have a little office or can you write in in the cafe a park bench or do you have to um i don't uh right now i don't really have a great office setup um well donald trumbo did it in the bathtub right (laughs) (laughs) yeah right now i'm uh i guess on this project i'm working on now i started up at a desk in our bedroom and um and there's a, there's like a nice window nearby and good light coming in and that kind of thing. Um, but these days I've been just sitting at the kitchen table with chaos happening around, which is fine. Like it, I feel like I know enough about the story now that, you know, I, I you know, there are a couple times where I feel like, oh, I need to buckle down. Please don't talk to me. But um, yeah, I wrote like a good four pages yesterday that at the kitchen table while there was other activity going on and and I didn't feel like I was. <laughs> Like shortchanging my process or shortchanging the people in my life, (laughs) (laughs) which is, uh, you know, that's a that's a very happy thing when that can happen. Uh, Dialogue. It's tough. 
Are you comfortable with it? Are you have enough practice? To how do you critique your own writing dialogue? Um, I love dialogue. I love writing it. Um, I think you have to as a writer. Yeah, I, I I I think the dialogue comes pretty easy, and that's that's part of the problem. I need to be a lot more disciplined in the in kind of like the initial structure of it, and then once I have the structure, then I have to be more disciplined in the <laughs> into the dialogue. I think it kind of folds back. You know, one folds back into the other. It's like, what does the audience need to know, and what do what are these people like and how do they reveal themselves and the story through what they say and do yeah you don't um, want to miss off on Chekhov's gun you want to yeah know, right yeah 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 i actually zoom in on that why well, and then it doesn't really go anywhere right yeah, yeah 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 especially in the beginning of a story you know like just like okay i need i need this detail to get in there how can i do this non-verbally and that's without, very fun. Without doing a jump scare, I'll make him right. frightened without right. doing all that. Yeah. yeah. There was one thing that happened yesterday that took me like six months to get to. And I was like, yes, that is the solution. Thank God. And it was like the simplest version of the idea. But it took me like that long to get to it. Um, one of my favorite things yeah. about my comic book is, is a simple scene of two lawyers talking in the DA's office mm, mm-hmm. and the dialogue. And it's it's one of my favorite parts of the book. It's not the I don't think it's the interesting. I don't think a casual viewer, a casual viewer will be interested because it's a noir with action and all that stuff. Yeah. But I think it's one of the best things I did in that book of just making it flow so mm. easily. And I had a perfect way of ending it. Nice way of introduction. Everything constantly flowed. We had all that stuff. And. And I think that's what writers like. And you, you know, we could write about things being blown up, but we yeah. don't get to do it. And who cares? But <laughs> um, a way good volley of dialogue and seems mm-hmm. natural, seems needed. Yeah, we all appreciate that. Yep. Yep. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. So, and you and you need yeah. you need spaces to breathe too in stories. You know, like it. You can't be going like a hundred percent all the time. You know, like to have. Oh yeah. It was like, okay, the movie's going to take just a little break and, you know, you're still going to get a story here, but got to decompress. Yeah. Yep. Or you're just going to lose everybody. Yeah. yeah. Take notes, Michael Bay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I have to admit, yeah. uh I do I do enjoy Michael Bay movies. I I've and I've I've watched all the Transformers movies, but only while I was sick because <laughs> it's the perfect time to watch them because uh you could like fall asleep and wake up and it doesn't matter it's the same yeah. same formula yeah <laughs> what is in the, my my favorite michael bay thing is the movie the rock oh i love the rock where you have to give sean connery a haircut on the roof when he's a known <laughs> can escape prison but you're gonna give a guy on the roof a haircut so he could i mean even i was a teenager and i saw that i was like oh he's gonna escape this right <laughs> Of course he does, because <laughs> he got to give yeah. a prisoner haircut on the roof of the prison. Yeah. Well, yeah. what's interesting about that, too, though, is that um, I think you can do that as a writer sometimes, because if the audience feels like they're ahead of the movie, now, you know, like, oh, he's going to escape from the roof. But now they have to figure, now they, they don't know how he's going to do it, you know, which well, I we, think we is going to be. Right. We know that yeah. eventually we're going to get a chase, and that's the yep. anticipation of it. Yep. It's almost like seeing a hockey fight where they're standing like, Punch up! All right. Yep. Yep. Exactly. It's just waiting for. Okay. How is this gonna? You know, it's like the Titanic. It's like you know the Titanic's gonna sink, but yeah, what happens leading up to that event? And we know when we watch rom coms, the people that really don't like each other in the beginning, we know, we know what's gonna happen at the end. Yep. You're gonna be running for her at the airport. Yep. (laughs) 
<laughs> exactly. So that leads to my next thing because I, I really like talking with the writers because it's something that you kind of have to be worried. Uh, well, it's got to be on your radar. Uh, cliches. I mean, you have to be kind of conscious of that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's all right to work with them. That's why they exist. Um, do you have like favorite cliches? Do you, you know, or anything? Or Oh, uh, you mean like... Uh... You've seen a movie like, you know, car chases. Oh, sure, sure. Um, hmm. I hadn't really thought about favorite cliches. That's interesting. I mean, I, I don't... I, I, uh, you know, I think it's important to recognize when you're totally leaning into a cliche and when you want to subvert a cliche. Um, yeah. It depends yeah. on what your story needs. That's funny. I hadn't... I always like the coroner has to eat an apple in front of a corpse just to know that he's comfortable with it. The coroner <laughs> always has to eat or has to have food next to him. <laughs> he has to always have to have food next to him. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. Just that's a show. good one. Or yeah. the casual casual apple eating. Yeah. <laughs> so you're a tough guy or whatever. Yeah. yeah apple eating. Something about an apple. Maybe it's the sound. Right. right? That's yeah. just like. Hey, Tyler Dern had to do yes. it. Yes. <laughs> But yeah, my, my like I mentioned, my favorite is running in the airport. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. if you really do it in real life, they'll they'll stop you. Right. Yeah. Where are you going? <laughs> right. You'll get tackled. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I like that one too. I like the uh, the um, driving or um, going up to the bar and ordering a beer. Like I'd like a beer, please. And it's instantaneous. And it's like you didn't say what kind of beer it was or anything, you know. Or and then like yeah. and then you don't drink it and then you don't pay for it. And you leave, you know. <laughs> I my friend, God, I can't remember. Uh, I think it, I think it was Dan. Uh, can't remember, but his um, his favorite cliche is taxis are always easy to find. Oh, you just in the movie hail, they come right there. Right, yeah. taxi, yeah, right there. Or yeah. or a crucial development is on the news, and the characters watching it at the exact moment. You know, stuff like that. Yeah. I love, you, get, yeah. you gotta love them. You know? Yeah, yeah. Or zoom in on that, that, that found footage, right. zoom in on it, and it's yeah. perfect. Enhance, yeah. enhance. Enhancing, yes. and then it's just perfect. Like, <laughs> there we go, right? Yeah. They happen to be shooting this with a 12K camera that looks crappy when it's fully out, but <laughs> now, somehow zoomed in. We all know that if you shoot a guy in the in the abdomen, like what, lower left, yeah. just above your belt, yeah. And just below your rib. We know that you're coming back. Yep. <laughs> oh, that remind the other yeah. one I really like is uh is um when toward the end of the movie, you know, there's like this team of people trying to save the world or whatever. And yeah. who and, don't like uh, when when one person is like, you know, Jenkins and then the other person thoughtfully shakes their head. You know? <laughs> like he didn't make it. <laughs> yeah. Before we continue on, that leads to my other one: is the uh, the captain of the police is always shouting, <laughs> right? He's always pissed, always. Yeah, yeah. yeah God dang guys! You're yeah, <laughs> gotta be there, shouting. One, one of my favorite guilty pleasure movies is Last Action Hero, and there's the oh yeah, there's the scene where the police chief is shouting at Schwarzenegger, <laughs> and it's just literally like gibberish. Like he's not saying anything. It's just like. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't make nonsense. It's going it have to, right? And they're like, "Do you understand what he's saying?" You know, yeah. it's like not saying any words at all. <laughs> the best one is the Beverly Hills Beverly Hills cop, Eddie Murphy's boss. Mm-hmm. He is just irate 
even on the phone. <laughs> what is it, Axel? <laughs> I can't. Filth and foul, foul and filth and filth yeah. and foul. Yeah. <laughs> He's the best one. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I saw At Last Action Hero because all the uh, showings for Jurassic Park were full. <laughs> so it was like, that well, was we're the here. Same year. That's right. Yeah. 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 So <laughs> that was really. That's probably why how Last Action Hero made money is because Last Action Hero, you know, it's oh, yeah. everybody's seen Jurassic it's leftovers Park. Leftovers from Jurassic Park, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we can cover it up. Okay. But you, did you see it in the theater? Uh, no, no, no. I, uh, we, I grew up in uh, Pine City, um, which oh, is, I know where that is a little south of Hinkley. Yeah, we have an A&W. Um, Nice. And uh, yeah, so we weren't really, there really wasn't a movie theater nearby. So I didn't see a lot of movies in the theater growing up, probably until I could drive. And then they had put in a, they built a theater in North Branch in 96 and, and that, and it was just that in Cambridge. They hadn't built So if you really theater. wanted to go, you had to make the effort. To- yeah, yeah. Yeah, it really wasn't, you know, occasionally we'd go. And I had a pretty big family, so we didn't go to the movies that often. Um, and it, when we did, it was always like, you know. Uh, hook or home alone or you know something like that (laughs) but um yeah so there's a lot of them that i didn't and in fact jurassic park wasn't even i was a weird kid the jurassic park wasn't even on my radar i wanted to see dennis the menace (laughs) and i saw that sure why not yeah (laughs) but then years later i made up for it yeah oh i'm a big walter Matthau fan yeah um but then years later i'm like you know i should see jurassic park in the theater and i did when they re-released it in what was it like 20 14 or something i can't remember right, the circumstances yeah. but yeah i think if you remember because i think maybe i was uh, 92 i think it was 13 14 mm. a little bit older maybe uh it was completely cgi they advertise it like this mm. is computer graphics and there's a little process you know real graphics but this is like the first one that's going to use heavily cgi yeah yeah. And then like, wow, this is how it can be convincing. It still works today. Yeah. I mean, you can tell kind of now it's a little more occasionally ar- archaic now. It doesn't really flow. But at the time, we're like, holy crap. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's yeah. still enough practical effects in it, too, that really help sell a lot of it. And atmosphere, like rain and, you know, things like that. Well, he knows how to build up yeah. the intensity. Yeah. there. I uh, So, yeah, that was interesting. I remember that movie... Uh, yeah, it was like 93, and then it didn't come out in video until October of 94. It was in theaters for over a year. I think I saw it twice, too. Yeah, and uh, so I saw it on home video, and it didn't, It to me at the time, and I wasn't that discerning about you know the quality of a viewing experience, but it had the same effect on me as a you know 14-year-old at home in our living room. Um, and uh, yeah, and I also heard recently that the, uh, the part where the where the glass comes down on the kids was not supposed to happen. And so their reaction was real. Just like, (laughs) yeah, but yeah, I mean his, his ability to direct kids and just the sound design. I mean, I'm just thinking of the T-Rex moment in particular. Yeah. yeah. And then cast him with somebody hates kids, Sam Neill. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Sam, you're going to play Indiana Jones. that hates kids. Wonderful. Yes. <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. a lot of, well, I, I like up in Jurassic Park, there's a lot of summer, it's a summer popcorn flick, so you, yeah. you know you're going to get your jump scares and frights mm-hmm. and everything, but it has a core into it that's really, you know, a lot of subplots that yeah. actually fill it. Yeah. But you, you went to see dinosaurs. Yeah. 
and you get that little anticipation at the little flavor at the beginning of it, mm-hmm. but then you get the big reveal. Yeah, That's yeah you got to wait a while too. I think yeah. it's the same with Jaws. Like the technology was very close. But yeah, he does the same and, thing with Jaws with the yeah. introduction. Like we know. Yeah. Hey, like, that's perfect filming because beginning of Jaws, he uses the buoy as stationary. Yeah, yeah. So you can see how fast she's going. Right. Because if he didn't have that buoy in the background, right. you could never, like, how like what, how fast she's going. We don't yeah. really know. But he put that buoy in the perfectly framed so you know how fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. And he hit the light perfect on that. That's marvelous. Yeah. Yeah, truly. Yeah. That's a perennial favorite is Jaws, of course. Um has, it's funny film. It's still yeah. funny. Yeah. It's a horror movie, but it still has funny film. Yeah. Every, everything out of Dreyfus's mouth is hilarious. And then what's the uh, straight man, Robert Shaw? Yes. <laughs> Which is, yeah. it's all, I like that. It's a good writing because they don't get along, but then they find something that they can relate to and they can become a little more personal. Yeah. That whole inside the boat and the drinking and yeah. one up each other on yeah. injuries and everything. The Indianapolis and monologue. Oh my goodness! Yeah, but, yeah. Which Robert Shaw wrote? Like, I guess it was it was written, and then he, Robert Shaw was also a playwright, and he rewrote it. I was it, just gonna say, yeah. and that was him. And oh my gosh, like it's just spellbinding. He said acting was easy. Try writing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I never read any of his stuff though. I don't. I know. I've heard. It, I've heard he was a writer. Initially, yeah. yeah, and then he just did acting just to fill in the gaps. I guess so. Kind of like yeah. uh, with Sam Shepard. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think yeah. that's what Gene Hackman started doing when he retired. To start writing. Was writing novels, but I don't, I've never seen one. But uh, You know, Gene owns the film, I think the film, present, how you phrase it, the film rights to Hannibal Lecter. So anytime you want to use Hannibal Lecter on film, he owns the rights to it. Gene Hackman? Yes. No kidding. So it's a little sly maneuver that you don't need to own the whole rights to the film the all the rights to the story you can actually own the rights to the character and he well that's drafted. like jack nicholson too for yeah. the joker like he gets he gets a check every time you the, the joker, joker is in a movie so yeah so gene hackman <laughs> uh owned the rights to hannibal lecter presented on film hmm. um and it, he went to audition and said look you're gonna pay me either way uh i could be hannibal lecter or not but either way i get a check so right <laughs> here's my audition yeah <laughs> We're in the wrong business. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I think you got, you got to be on a board of something, and you got to be a consultant. That's the best thing. There you go. Consulting. Yeah. I just tell you what I think, and I don't have to deal with the consequences. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. <laughs> so before we take a break, uh, what do you do for your first page? How do you know you're done with your first page? When I'm done with the first page, I I have to feel like there is I like to try to do a scene on the first page, like a complete scene as an opening. Yeah. So that when you I'm you know, even in the even in the early stages, I really want to craft that first page because I think it uh it it gives me confidence in the rest of the story if if I can really craft like a really solid first page like if I can you know yeah. and I'll even look at it you know I, I use a, a program called Highland um, oh. which John August 
uh, helped I've develop. I've heard about this. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's my it's probably my favorite screenwriting software that I I've like. used, and yeah. it's a uh, it's distraction free, and it, it has two modes. You can view it in a script mode. You can't type in a script mode, but you can view what the pages look like in a script mode, and then ah, wonderful. and then you switch to like this very vague mode like you can't even see a toolbar or anything and it's just um i like to do a black screen with white letters you can do you can do the reverse if you like but so it kind of looks like you know the old dos mode um but what it does is it puts everything on the left column and it doesn't give you page breaks it doesn't give you page numbers uh so you can just write and just be just Blah, 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 blah. just Pour put ideas out yeah. um and then but for me when i when i am crafting that first page i do flip back and forth and i'm like ooh, there's like it's like one word over you know just like to get the slug lines looking right and just like i want it to look good before i move on which sometimes i i think that can trip me up in the process if i do that too many times in the early part of the writing but if i can do that on that first page and just feel like then we all right it. this is going to grab people it's going to grab me it's going to propel me to finish this thing yeah um, it's almost like being yeah. a being a sprinter you just yep. took your first two steps to mm-hmm. the finish line yeah and then yeah we're off mm-hmm. let's, let's start from there yeah let's have an excellent first couple steps and my then, favorite uh, one yeah. of my favorite film directors robert sam fuller he also wrote the screenplays for all his movies mm-hmm. he said mm-hmm. if you don't get excited about the first pages of your script throw it away <laughs> that's a good one i was ever- just thinking about i just watched uh the the actually i need to finish it but i <laughs> I, I i i treat movies like books like some people have books on their I'm like I'll I'll watch like a couple couple minutes of a movie and I'm like oh I got like a bunch of movies I gotta finish but uh, I was thinking Sam Fuller the Naked Kiss the the opening of the Naked Kiss is well just like yeah phenomenal yeah. you don't know what you're like what yeah she's yeah. beating you up yeah it's, yeah I, I, and then like looking in the camera and you know composing herself so it's a it's a prostitute but she she has her wig off at yeah the point, I think yep and yep yep in your point of view of the John but she's beating yeah. the crap out of you you don't know what he did to irate make her irate yeah yeah and it's but very like the shaky. music and it, like it's just so in your face and it's discombobulated the camera's discombobulated yeah. we don't say shaky cam is too early for that but it's just yeah right like it's like a drunken brawl at the beginning yeah. yeah 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 it's bananas it's a great way to open a movie <laughs> sam fuller check him out yeah yeah if you like tarantino you want you want to where he started from was mm. like a lot of sam fuller that's from. been the fun thing about this past year too like so i got the Masterclass and the Criterion channel and just like and I have a I have another friend who I work with regularly um, who's a big time film buff especially like 1940s 50s even earlier black and white stuff Love and it. I'm like yeah finally ready for it and just like been diving in it's been it's been a blast like man I wish I would have started watching these earlier but there you go all right, we're going to take a little break and back more with Zach. Hi, everybody. This is Nick for the St. Paul Filmcast, and I want to talk to you about a great place here in the Twin Cities for your next social gathering event. It's the Serbian Hall in South St. Paul. The Serbian Hall in South St. Paul is now open. Built in 1924, it is a unique historic venue perfect to host your next wedding, social gathering, corporate event, or any kind of celebration. The hall has over 9,000 square feet of historic charm perfect for your event. With a ballroom upstairs and a classic bar and reception downstairs, it has the flexibility to meet all your needs. From start to finish, to help you coordinate with every detail. Book now for 2021 graduations. Spaces are filling up fast. 
Visit their website, www.serbianhall.com. You can also find them on Facebook. They just can't wait to work with you. Your next social gathering event, think the Serbian Hall in South St. Paul. In the not-too-distant future, following the rapid succession of World Wars 3 and 4, plus the hidden horrors of secret World War 2, there's not much left. All that remains is a place where folks get together to read and discuss comic books. Sometimes they laugh, sometimes they argue, but they always record and upload their transmissions. You've found one of those transmissions today. Welcome to The Last Comic Shop. Rate, review, and subscribe to our weekly comic book reviews on all the major podcasting platforms at www.lastcomicshoppodcast.com. All right, uh, we're back with Zach, and uh, I have to say, so now that you've done a lot of, we already talked about writing, and you've also done camera work as well as editing on mm-hmm. other stuff. Yeah. Um, how do you watch movies? Do you is what comes out front to you? Writing, the acting, um, camera work. Or are you able just to sit there and just enjoy it first before you go over critiquing stuff? Um, that's a good question. I think uh, I, I'm able to watch it with both kind of left brain and right brain engaged uh kind of like a seesaw yeah kind of like i can yeah like i can enjoy it as a as a story and and thinking about the process at the same time um but i mean if it's a movie i haven't seen before then i or i mean like if it's a particular particularly challenging movie i think um what often happens is is uh i'll watch it and I'd be like, that didn't jive with me. You know, to be honest, uh, I'm a big fan of the Coen Brothers, but the first viewing of a Coen Brothers movie is usually the time I enjoy it the least because <laughs> there's the movie that you're expecting and then there's the movie that you get. And <laughs> I agree with you. I agree with you. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, so the first time you just got to be like, okay, I, I kind of, you know, I got to set myself up for how this, I might feel about this. And and then it's usually like the second viewing where I'm like, okay, yeah, they're geniuses. They did it again. And they're um, right. Yeah. They definitely have their own genre, do they? Yes. Yeah, yes, they, they do. They kind of carved out their own little mm-hmm. genre of it could be a solely slapstick comedy. Right. Or it could just be just like No Country for Old Men where it's just noir, Stark and bleak and... Bleak and... Yeah. Or do a black and white. So they kind of... But you know it's still down, even though yeah. they can venture out to... Mm-hmm different places yeah yeah and i think they learned from sam raimi because i think they worked with sam raimi before Mm -hmm. because a lot of the horror tracking shots the sam raimi used they used in it raising arizona the right yeah wacky cam get your nose hairs in there yep (laughs) so yeah yeah Yeah. i think the um i learned to carve because sam rich sam raimi carved his own little how Mm -hmm. he does films 
yeah. where it could be really gross, but it's funny at the same time. Right, or right. Just, and I love that even even when they uh, even when he has bigger budgets, you can still tell it's a Sam Raimi film. Like, yeah, like Spider Man, <laughs> like Spider Man Two in particular. Like Spider Man Two is like the ultimate Sam Raimi film. It is. It's yeah. Especially like the the Doc Ock scene where he's like attacking all of the uh, the doctors, you know, it's like it's so it's like Sam up Raimi the shadows, like, yeah, yeah, like snap zooms and like craziness. It's super fun. And even with yeah. like the 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 arms are having conversations with Doc Ock, and it's like mechanical. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. yeah. He's a goofball. I I yeah. I, I, I don't know if you ever seen to be fine. They were actually doing a a moving mask for the Green Goblin. That William Defoe's mask wasn't still stationary. That was actually have prosthetics that would move and talk and really frown and everything. You can uh. find it. They had a, a functioning one, and then it got abandoned. Uh. And Sam Raimi thought it would be great to have a goblin mask that the mouth moved and the eyes yeah. are all white. And yeah, and it's on video you can watch it. That's be, interesting. I don't know why. I don't. Why would you put William Defoe in a mask? Just paint his face green. He literally looks creepy. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, truly. Why do you need a mask for him? Right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was a little a little Power Rangersy the way it was in yes. that movie. A little more power. Yeah. Good. <laughs> I never thought about that, but now that you say it, yeah. Yeah. Are you kind of exhausted with the whole superhero thing? Um It depends. I think I mean, they're not my immediate go-to for movies, but yeah. um but I also I'm I'm often surprised when I do see a superhero movie. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm always excited when there's a new Batman movie. So there's so there's that. I'm I'm definitely more Batman than Marvel. Let's say. Um, but uh, you're in the right place. Then. Yeah, <laughs> I, it seems that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like Batman because it's all just damaged people. Yeah, it's just there really don't really not a lot of mysticism or superpowers. It's yeah. just really really damaged people. Yeah, I think in my a damaged city. Yeah, I think my favorite Batman moment is the Mask of the Phantasm, where he's he's talking to his parents at his grave after he's in love, and he's like, "I don't have to, I don't want to do this anymore," and like he's begging yeah. his parents to not be That's Batman anymore, and it's just like. This man is insane, and it's so sad. It's it's animated. It's one of the best ones. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Truly underrated. That's a really great one. I don't. My favorite is the 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 trepid negotiation Mm. of Harvey Dent, Batman, and Commissioner Mm. Gordon, because that was in the book, The Long Halloween. Okay, that's how The Long Halloween starts. They're Mm. up on the rooftop, and they make a pact that we're going to clean up the city in one year. Yeah. So next Halloween we'll have this clean. They make a pack mm. in the book, but they use that perfectly in the movie. Mm. Oh yes, where yeah. I think you know it's rotating camera mm-hmm. a little bit, but I think that whole scene is just marvelous. Oh, that's cool. It's, I didn't realize that was a. Hey, it doesn't work unless Jim Gordon comes out of the upstairs and he he misses the first time shutting down the light. Yes, he misses the first time and then does it again. <laughs> if he did it right the first time, it wouldn't work. Because it shows his frustration and racing up there to do it, and he misses it a second, then he hits it the second yeah. time. But he runs up there and shuts it off right away. I don't think it's effective, but since he misses the second time, right? You can see the angst and fr- like, you know, he ran up there and just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is truly. great acting. That's yeah, really. I, good. I don't think yeah. it's in the script, but he knew he had to like, yeah, like oh man, yeah. That's what a brilliant, brilliant actor can bring to it. Yeah. 
Do you, when you write, have certain actors in mind, even though they're not part of it? Or I used to. Um, yeah, I think maybe in my 20s when I was writing, I, I used to think that way. Um, and now I really don't. Um, I, I probably think of more people that I know uh, rather than anybody famous, let's say. Well, yeah, the Coen brothers based yeah. Big Lebowski on their one friend that was just kind of like <laughs> the dude, right? They, yeah. they crafted a whole movie just from their one friend who was just like the dude. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's a very fun fun way to go about it, for sure. I, uh, yeah, even the script I'm writing right now is uh, is a lot like that. You know, I'm basing it on, uh, not entirely on a friend of mine, but, um, you know, I imagine what would happen if this guy was plunked into this situation, and yeah. I think... You know that at least it's a good starting point. Yeah, I think you have to start for something that seems a little more interesting, right? Mm-hmm. Stories are good. Stories being really good, but you don't have interesting characters. It's not going to be moving along. You yeah. have to have really good, interesting characters that you can be invested in. Yeah, they don't have to be good or bad, but they have to be really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, people don't follow a plot. You know, like they, you know, right. people do things, and that becomes the events of the movie. And, my my yeah. favorite reference is Dashiell Hammett's The Thin Man. Mm. It's a murder mystery, and Nick and Nora Charles are the aristocratic, rich people that invest a case. I, I watch that so many times, I forget who's the who's the culprit, and I don't <laughs> care. Yeah. But that's the whole point of the movie. But yeah. you'd r- rather be interested in Nick and Nora Charles and how they yeah. party it up and their relationship, and yeah. the lines and the snappy dialogue yeah. and all that stuff. That reminds me, one of my favorite movies is L.A. Confidential, and... One of the reasons why is because I never remember the mystery, and it's I'm not I'm not stupid. The shootout at the the, the, like, the night owl, right? Yeah, the whole yeah. that's the start. If who cares, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, while I'm engaged, you know, I'm engaged while watching it, and I'm like, oh yeah. But then as soon as the movie's over, it's like blank slate. It's just like. You know, the things I, I watch it for, I, I, I mean, I love the story of it, but, you know, um, the, you know, Russell Crowe and Guy Pierce and... Bud White. Yeah, so great, engaging. See, and, great names. Yeah, Bud White, Ed Exley. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. That was Kim like, Basinger. Yeah. Right. It, well, it has... It, the subplots are yeah. fulfilling, too. Yeah. And a lot of the dynamics and power struggles that mm-hmm. are getting played on and a lot of the corruption. Yeah. But the... It's art direction is marvelous. Everything yeah. is marvelous in that yeah. movie. I remember watching. I went to see it in the theater. I was one of the because I was working at the video store. I remember I would wait for movies, and somebody's like, "No, you have to." see Which this. video store did you work in? Uh, it was called Home Video. Okay, it was just a regular mom and pop store. Okay, I also but, worked at a video store in high school. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, and, mine was a little bit in college, but yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah, where you get your education. A, yeah, absolutely. I was at uh, mine was the Video Vault in Pine City, obviously. Like many video stores, it doesn't Did exist anymore. you have video anymore. games too? Um, we had a few uh, 64 games. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, were, I was there for about three years, uh, like 96 and then 99, and then a little bit after college. Uh, but um, yeah, I mean, I just, I brought movies home all the time. Like I had a, <laughs> I had a choir director in high school who had a TV in his, in the, choir room and i would just go in before school and i'd watch like i'd pop in like as good as it gets and then i'd have to go to school and then lunchtime and i'd finish the movie (laughs) not la confidential uh well i probably watched that one too yeah Yeah, well that was like the same yeah 97 that was a solid movie year 
Oh yeah, I think Titanic yeah. came out that time. Titanic, too. Good Will yeah. Hunting, mm-hmm. LA Confidential. Yeah. I could tell you my first day working at the video store, Air Force One came out available on rental. <laughs> and I remember because I had to put it in the right alphabet. Well, that's easy. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Air Force One. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's that yeah, right peak of video renting in the nineties, probably like ninety seven, because mm-hmm. that was good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I I love that experience too, and thankfully there's a video store not too far away from my uh, place. Like there's a video universe in uh, Robbinsdale. Yeah, I think it's still there. I haven't been in there in a little bit, but I love the experience of just like walking around and just like discovering things. It's it's a little hard to do that with like Netflix or whatever. You know, it's like it's like actually aisles. looking around and seeing the actual thing and holding it and yeah. you know. How, how many kids have lost the experience of going to the video store, then you see your ex-girlfriend there, and you try to duck aisles, avoiding her? Let's <laughs> <laughs> roll there on Friday night. And <laughs> oh, yeah. That's, that's funny. That's really funny. Or, yeah, oh, yeah. Shit, yeah I guess you got to go to Barnes & Noble to do that now. <laughs> <laughs> that might be it. Huh? Well, yeah. Is your ex-girlfriend a book nerd? No, I'm going to Barnes & Noble then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's something about going to just cruise the aisles to yeah. figure out movies and yeah. to hold it and mm-hmm. to make sure that you rewind and mm-hmm. how much tracking is bad on there and yeah. all that stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah. We, we we had our we had a whole section dedicated to horror. I think one third of the store is occupied by horror, <laughs> which yeah. probably everybody. But that's how they made their money. Mine was just a regular. That's how we survived. Really, is this old VHSs of old horror movies that you could just get for the 80s and 70s yeah, yeah. that's interesting yeah that you would people rent and you know old movies you can hold on for about five days right so my favorite group and I, I think i mentioned before in a previous episode my favorite group was these uh these stoners that come every saturday night and rent either the wall or wizard of oz or days of confuse or half bake sure <laughs> was whatever was left on the it will always come in at midnight and i would tell them why don't you just buy these <laughs> You, you guys, already did. <laughs> you sunk like 80 bucks in renting these for like, and then they, they had the same line. Like, yeah. we always forget, man. <laughs> we would, but we always forget. Right. Yeah. Because uh, then you go and do what you had to do. And then you're like, where's the movie? Oh, we didn't buy it yet. We got to go. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's amazing. That's funny. So do you still have VHSs? Um, I, I have a couple. I have a couple in a box somewhere. Um, it's great to see them at cons when you go to like comic cons or horror cons and somebody's mm. got a box of old VHS and like, it's like, yeah. Oh man, look at that. Yeah. You know what I really liked is the, uh, actually one of my favorite VHSs, and it was, uh, probably one of the biggest influences of my sense of humor at the time was there was, a the Bugs Bunny Roadrunner movie, uh, which was a, it was basically like a, a compilation of a bunch of their, oh, one right. of their yeah. shorts, um, with, kind of a loose, you know, interstitial of Bugs Bunny in his mansion, you know, like, and then I did that, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I still have that box. I just love the art of it. You know, it's one of those giant plastic clamshell sort of things. Oh, it's the overbearing, like, it just, you could hear it just yes. creaky. Yeah. 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 But yeah, I know, I know I definitely have that one, but yeah, not too many VHSs. Um, it's a shame because I know a lot of what was available for rental mm. have gone away. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a movie with David Duchovny called Playing God. And I don't think Yeah, you, I, I was don't just think thinking about that the other day. No kidding? Really? 
I was. Yeah. yeah. I was like, oh, there was a. I, my brain is so random. I'm like, hey, David Duchovny was in a movie in 97 called Playing God. And Timothy Hutton had <laughs> That's frightening. frosted tips. Right, yeah. And they did this whole Angelina surgery Jolie in the bar, in right? The surgery yeah. in the bar. And she lift, uh, they pulled a pocket knife and they put the flame under right. it. Right. Yes. That's, yes. The o- that's like literally the only part I remember of that that's movie. That's why. That's it. <laughs> exactly. I want to find hilarious. this movie because, right, yeah. 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 It's probably on YouTube or something. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I had yeah. the same problem with another horror movie because I saw this movie too young as mm. a kid, as six years old. And I described the scene. It's an 80s movie. I know it's 80s horror. It had to be 83, 84. I was like six or five. Uh-huh. And it's a it's a hole in a basement. It's perfectly perfectly man-made hole in a basement. Mm. And a guy gets sucked in there. And he says, save your, you know, save yourself, bye-bye, as this monster is drawing him in. And it's like, and it's foggy. And I'm explaining it to people. And everybody's like, well, I I don't know what you're talking about. I've never. It's like, come on, this is a. It's got. I don't think I'm making this up. Mm. And then I watched Shutter's um, In Search of Darkness, where they did this eight hours of documentary and eighty films, and I finally found it after thirty five years. Oh wow! Finally found the movie I've been trying to explain to him, and it's Animal Animal 3D. Okay. Animal 3D, the the version where he gets drawn, and I was like, that's the scene. I've been telling everybody, and of course, what happens? I go to my friend, and goes, it's Animal 3D. Oh yeah, I got a copy of that. What did I, did I, <laughs> I told you, explain the deal. Well, it's not a hole; it's more like a well. It's like I don't. <laughs> potato, potato. I know. It, it wasn't really fog. It was just a, it was a well with liquid, and it was misting. Yeah. It, what the, <laughs> It's it was in the ballpark. I, I I figured out what the movie was, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. We actually did uh, our we did have a VHS player as late as probably a year and a half ago, and we had uh, we had The Grinch, which our our kids are kind of interested in now. Like we had a we have oh we the Ron a, Howard Jim Carrey no the uh, the Chuck Jones oh. Um, Christmas okay, special. the old fashioned yeah. one. Yeah. yeah, we had a VHS of that and a and a working VHS player. And uh, you know, you know what it was actually the kiss of death for our VHS player was mm. I put in the, uh, the video fireplace and it wouldn't come out. And but I remember the box. It keep said, pulling the tape. Yeah, keep, here comes more tape. Yeah. Here comes well, it tape. wouldn't yeah. even open it or nothing. Like oh, it's just stuck in there. And I'm like, okay, well, here you go, dumpster. It was the, it was it. Yeah. But yeah, I remember the the video fireplace. It had uh, the cover was over three flame filled hours. <laughs> it's like you need to sell this idea of a fireplace to me. <laughs> Which is really weird because the VHSs, if they said eight hours of footage in the same amount of tape, all they did was speed up. They would compress it, yeah, so yeah. The film would go faster, right? But I still kind of miss it. I miss going to see grind movies in the theater where it has that, you know, the the movie starts with the mm-hmm. the bad sound, and yeah. then you know you get all the. the I think mm-hmm. we had a Z Fest film that just did that on Friday. They had the old grindhouse footage where the sound kicks in. Yes, right. From the seventies, yeah. yeah. I was like, yes, but mm-hmm. I don't care what you just. Yes, I missed that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Then you get your gratuitous violence. <laughs> yeah so do you have a particular genre that you like or you can watch anything or um i yeah i have a pretty broad range of what i like um i uh a few years ago when i was still living in la i worked for a company that we did quality control on blu-rays and dvds so yeah. i i did that for about two years and kind of clean and, them up a little bit right? yeah just kind of like you know look for imperfections before they make you know yeah 
thousands of copies and and we would you know we'd look look we'd look at it for you know picture passes and audio passes and foreign audio and subtitles and saw a lot of movies that that way um what was nice about it was that it uh i mean i had already always kind of had a broad range of what i liked anyway mm-hmm. but there was a there was a period in there where I felt like I was becoming a little bit of a snob and what this job did was just beat the snob out of you. Cause if you're watching, yeah. you know, ah, I can't think of an example right now, but like, okay, well if you're watching independence day resurgence for the 20th time, <laughs> you got to find something Nothing. to like about it, yeah. you know, cause it's your job. <laughs> you um, but that was, that was a really fun one. Actually the best day ever was, I got to watch Mad Max Fury Road four times in a row in different languages. It does not matter what language you watch that movie in. That's that's <laughs> one movie that does not have no chill. What's that? It has no chill in it whatsoever. Once it, you go, yes. it goes. It has no right. decompress. If we talked yeah. about it getting right. let's let's breathe a little bit. Yeah, yeah. the hell with yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Because you get your breathing in the beginning, and then yeah. once the right, yeah. yeah. I have to admit, at first, I wasn't really impressed with Mad Max Fury Road. Mm. It's just, it wasn't not much of a story. Mm. It's like a mm. lot of chase. Yeah. Obviously, you get your exposition as you, you know. Right. Um, you know as much as the characters do at any given moment. Yeah. Yeah. And mm. I I think it's one of those that I had to get rid of my snobbery because, mm. hey, it's Mad Max. You're not going to get Shakespeare here. Yeah. And you, let's give what you want to cars. You want gaudy car you mm-hmm. want the chase and everything yeah. and you yeah. get that in a wide scope of just cinematic beauty yeah um yeah. and it's a little more comedy of course the tree of course it's going to crash right next to the tree and it can pull and you know <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah. it, that a little bit at the end but yeah. yeah i i actually i had to get rid of my snobbery for that one too mm, interesting um, yeah it took me a long time to watch kubo and the two strings because i thought that was a little more above that mm. i still but haven't seen that one it's a wonderful film and I think it people people think it's just going to be art housey, hmm. having really a template to it. Is just going to be for animation sake. Yeah. But I think adults will appreciate it far more than kids do. It's sure. a little, little dark. It goes really foreboding. Yeah. With a little more bright. There's a lot of contrast to it. Yeah. Which if you have contrast in your film, I like that. Mm-hmm. But I thought he's, he's playing a guitar. What's but there's a it's a really good adventure to it. It's a little frightening at times too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's that's tricky. So I have I have two little kids. Um, they're seven and two. And um, there aren't a lot of modern movies that we can watch together yet. And my seven-year-old in particular is can be a little sensitive to scary things, which you can find in your average Disney movie, like, any time. Yeah. I mean, she's only been to two movies in her life. And, you know, it's because of, like, is this going to be too scary? You know, it's like, oh, all of a sudden, you know, the cat is chasing Rawr. the mouse or whatever, you know, just... I have to kind of spoil it a little bit and like, no, it's going to be okay. Just hang in there. And then, and then it's fine. But yeah. Yeah. That can be, I mean, even like, like either the animated movies are not engaging enough for kids or I don't know. It's tricky because I also, I love animation. Yeah. Um, And you know, of course there's all sorts of animation, but yeah, the wonderful one, the Red Turtle, though, came out the same twenty sixteen. Yeah, which was wonderful. I actually did. That was one of the ones I worked on when I did QC. I I had, did work. On I it. had never heard of it, and so I I was going into it completely blind, and that was oh my gosh, that was beautiful. It was so it's good. Like, I still you watch it like, 
what the hell's going on? Yeah. And you still enjoy it. Like, yeah. All of a sudden, he's got, he's on the stranded on an island, and all he's got his family, and then, yeah. right, there's no dialogue. There's actually sound. But right. There's no dialogue. You kind of, yeah. there's dream sequence. Mm-hmm. But I think the overall um, criticism is because there's a lot of scenes of him just sitting still and looking at the, the stars, yeah. gazing. Yeah. I think that's the point of the movie, that maybe you should just shut your brain down and just enjoy just be gazing yeah. Yeah. rather than trying to get off the island and fight nature and fight mm-hmm. everything why don't you just calm yourself down and just enjoy the view mm-hmm. and then once yeah. he realizes that it becomes a little more beautiful that he's right at this wonderful beautiful island mm-hmm. and of course once he realizes it then nature takes over again <laughs> and right yeah 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 but i think the whole point of that movie is just don't analyze don't overthink it it's not david lynch you know uh-huh. just and just gaze and just mm-hmm. like how he is. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Especially, yeah, especially with animated movie, you know, you come to expect a certain level of activity. And when you get one that's like, okay, we're going to slow this way down. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, not explain anything. Yeah. It's almost like a vignette of, vignettes of dreams. And, yeah. 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 So that had to be really weird. Cause you're like animation. Okay. We're going to have like boom, 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 boom. And explode right. and just pump up this senses and everything and that's yeah. too quiet if actually it's quick so i think it's only like 80 minutes it uh i mean i think it's yeah i mean for a movie like that it's nice to have a short running time because it it doesn't feel like it feels longer than 80 minutes but it probably feels right you know what i mean like yeah. uh and plus you know the just the process of animation you know? <laughs> i think yeah, yeah that must be because you have to like, like yeah even in the whole scene of him flipping over the turtle, that's what, like a week of, week of a job? Yeah. Being on a job for a week of just him right. flipping over the turtle, just him struggling to flip over and the sound and matching everything. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I wonder what the, you know, I wonder what the screenplay for that was like, you know, just like, is this like... I don't like... 30 pages, you know, like you like a movie like All is Lost or something where yeah. I guess the screenplay for All is Lost was 30 pages. Yeah, I think Hateful Eight was like 300 of just... Yeah. And Dunkirk, I think, was like sixty-five pages. You know, it's like there's, there's a lot that you got to fill in here. Um, yeah. yeah. What do you ever think about that? Like about page count when you're writing? Like I know for me, like I that's something that trips me up. But then when I hear like Dunkirk is sixty-five pages, you think, oh, okay, well that it's not going to be an hour-long movie. Yeah, but, especially for a comic book, you're not thinking yeah. about timing, but I think about content. Mm. So if I have five pages of script, well, how much we're going to have to squeeze in there? How many, you know, do we're going to have to really squeeze in six different panels? I don't want to do more than nine panels on a page. Mm. So when you read a script of like a lot of events hap- happening, you have to categorize it, how much space you're going to use. Mm. But I, you can have, I have a 280-page script for a comic book and it translated to a 300-page comic book. Mm. Um, I did a five-page I think a five-page short film, and it turned into 10 minutes. Hmm. But, yeah, sometimes you just don't need dialogue, and it's going to fill up a lot of things because you have to explain what's happening without dialogue. Right. Uh, I think Paris, Texas, the first 30 minutes, there's no dialogue. Hmm. And there's hmm. a lot of just explaining the travels that Travis is doing Yeah. as yeah. he uh, moves forward. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. Is that one of the films on your radar, uh, Paris, it's, Texas? It's on my list to see. I, I uh, yeah. Yeah. Like a, yeah, it's definitely one of my blind spots is uh, Vim Vendors. I got to see some of his stuff. Vim is kind of like uh, Dara Argento without horror. He pops the color out. 
Mm-hmm. He really pops it out. But yeah, I critiqued uh, a movie of his uh, on my YouTube channel. Mm. Um, and he uses a lot of, not a lot of dialogue, a lot of action. I think mm. uh, um, Move On, I think it was called Moving On, Moving On the Road. It was something wasn't available in German, but the whole beginning of the movie is he breaks the glass mm. window of his apartment mm. before he goes on his road trip. And it's almost like he's so bursting out, he's willing to hurt himself to get out of his whatever he wants. He wants to go out and venture. Mm. And mm. it wasn't, there's no dialogue. He just breaks his window because he's just ready to burst out out to the world. Yeah. But he's confined mm. to his apartment. So, mm. Mm. Um, yeah, Wind Wenders. And this is named Wind Wenders is the director for Burris, Texas. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Zach, this has been fun, man. Yeah. Yeah, I've had fun. Thank you very much. Um, before we go, you got any other uh, advice for anybody else that wants uh, listeners that want uh, writing or want to enjoy the experience of writing? Oh, good question. Um Yeah, uh, I wish I did. <laughs> it's funny. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think... Uh, just do it, right? Just do it, yeah. Just do it. <laughs> stop listening and do it. That's the best advice I got was yeah. stop talking about it. Well, yeah, okay. So I, actually, I would say um, uh, I did take some classes at uh, at a at a writing school in la called writers boot camp and their motto was the secret to writing is writing um which right. yeah which you know is very convicting um but uh yeah i don't know i think i think sort of the toil of it is is uh you know can be tricky like some days it's a lot of fun and some days it's you know it's work but right yeah i don't know I, yeah i wish i had something wise to just say, do it but just, just do it just do it yeah. Shut up and do it. That's, that's the best <laughs> advice I got. Shut up. I don't want to hear about your story. Just do it. Yeah. All right, Zach. Uh, thanks for coming, man. Thank you. Um, and as you know, it's not over till the guests say it's over. <laughs> it's over. There we go. Thank you.